What do you get when two dudes who love Jesus and our masters at going with the flow get together? You get the Flow Podcast with J-Log and Marcus, where they discuss all things faith, life, and off the wall. All right, welcome to Flow. Uh, this is going to be episode two, right? Yeah, um, episode two. So we're excited. Um, we want to say thank you for joining us. Um, and we actually have a special guest today. But before we get into that, let's open up with prayer. Yeah, let's pray, guys. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for your love, your mercy, and your grace. We thank you, God, that, uh, Father, that we didn't deserve it, Father. You you, you took the, the paid the debt for us all, Lord. And we thank you so much that you love us, that you walk hand in hand with us daily. And that, Lord, though regular life, Father, can get be tough at times, Father, we thank you for those that have chosen to say yes to you, that you continue to walk with us. And, uh, Father, as we go through this podcast today, Lord, we pray that uh, those that are listening, Father, are inspired by what they hear, that their hearts are open, and that their minds are, mind is vacant of anything that could distract them from learning about you. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. So like I said, we have a special guest. Uh, his name is Chandler. Uh, J-Log knows a little bit more about him, so I want to have him introduce him, Absolutely. and then we'll go from there. All right, guys. Uh, welcome to a very special episode here. Uh, this is something I've been excited about for quite a while. Uh, honestly, it was something that you know I've been in discussion with Mr. Chandler about a little bit off and on as we were in the startup of Flow and getting yeah. things going. And I'm just very thankful and blessed to even even know him. His heart is pure. Uh, his attitude is pure, and uh, he is just such a Christian inspiration for a ton of people out there in the in the Christian world. He uplifts with what he does for a daily living, which we'll dive into here in a few minutes. But uh, right now, I want to go ahead and introduce my man, Ch- Mr. Chandler Lettner, uh, into the podcast. Welcome, my friend. Thank you guys so much for having me. This is awesome. I appreciate you guys. This podcast is going to be so good. Thank you very much, my friend. I, I definitely appreciate that. And uh, uh, so, g- starting this thing up, Marcus, uh, what's what do we want to? Let's throw uh, that so kind of introduce yourself. You know, what what are you doing now in, in your life, and wh- where are you at, and all that stuff. Yeah, man. So I um, I'm currently living in Michigan, over like Western Michigan, in a little town called Muskegon, and. Um, I right now I'm a worship pastor here at a local church and um, I am doing all of my artistry, all my music stuff on my own, um, kind of in whatever time that God has, God's been very good in helping me find time for and find different ways to prioritize it even through like having another job. The church has been super open to letting me doing do some of that stuff for my own um, personal music stuff as well. So. It's a re- it's been really cool, but yeah. So I'm a local worship pastor who is just trying to release music that helps people get through their lives and um, you know all that comes with that. So it's been really cool. That's awesome, my man. That's awesome. Uh, I, I do want to say that I have been watching your all's uh, uh, live stream live stream <laughs> uh, over the weekends. The I'll go back and watch the recorded uh, oh, cool. version thereof, man. And I'm telling you what. Y'all's, y'all's worship, man, I get hype, for real. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm jumping up and down. It reminds me a lot of evangel worship type stuff, and and just you can just see Jesus and everybody on your stage. I mean, it's just unreal, yeah, and, uh, you, and, awesome. it, and it's inspiring. So so are you the, the lead worship pastor at your church? 
Yeah, so um, it's it's a little bit unique right now because we have multiple campuses kind of meeting in one place. We're just okay. all meeting outside in an outdoor venue. But I am the uh, worship pastor of one of our campuses, and then we have like what we call a central team, and that's basically um, where we'll have like kind of one head for for every department. And so it's actually a unique situation right now. So the guy that has been here for four and a half years, the other worship pastor, he's actually taken over the worship central worship um, department uh, pastor. And I'm actually starting up and this is not even happened yet. We're dreaming about it right now, but I'm going to be the central um, music producer of our original music once we start releasing that. So I'll be like kind of our um, original music. It's going to be called Port City Music. Um, and we're going to be doing all of our own original stuff, original content, whatever. So I'll be kind of heading up that and that'll be my central position. So I'll be the head pastor of all of our uh, original music stuff. And then he's kind of over our worship, our church worship department, which is distinguishable through like the way we're going to brand it, whatever kind of how some other bigger churches are doing it right now. It's kind of the model we're going, which is just like distinguishing our original music with our church worship teams, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I'll be doing is like our original music side of it while he's kind of heading up our church worship teams. Wow. I mean, you have got your plate full for sure. That, that is for certain. So just, just to even think so about what you do on a daily basis. With that, how do you balance all that plus just outside of church life? Yeah, dude. So it's been a little bit crazy. And really since we kind of got locked down with quarantine, we moved to a new place. I didn't really know anyone here at all. Uh-huh. So that really start of how it happened. I got some more time to kind of do that when we were working from home. Um, but now that we're kind of back a little bit in a rhythm, still a little bit um, quarantined or not quite in our normal rhythm yet, but in the rhythm we're in now, there's a little bit more that goes into it. We're in buildings more. And so the way it's kind of worked out has just been, I've been historically bad about waking up early. So I'm just, <laughs> I understand that. <laughs> and so the Lord's just really like shown me because I got married um, late last year. So I'm in my first year of marriage right now. And so I was taking a lot of our evenings to do music stuff because it's something that we both love to do. We're doing music stuff together now. We both are on staff at our church and doing our artist's music. And um, so I just assumed kind of that it was uh, something that she also wanted to be doing in our evenings and realized quickly that that's not the case. She wanted to be spending <laughs> together outside. All that fun stuff. So um, how it's kind of ended up happening is that I get up about 6.37 every morning, work on music from 7 to 9.30. My church has told me it's cool to, to work like a half hour into my day doing my own music stuff. So I kind of do like 6.37 through 9, 9.30, 10 even sometimes every day. And then um, go to my my day-to-day job, worship pastoring, and kind of do whatever that, that role entails throughout the week from 9.30 to 5.36. And then go home. If there's anything that my wife needs to do, so she usually plays keys and then she sings on whatever, and then I do a lot of the other stuff. So whatever parts of the uh, singing or playing that she's doing, we'll usually do that in like the evening and we'll usually plan a day. She likes to plan it. She doesn't like to just be spontaneous about it like I do. So <laughs> right. we will plan like the evening that she's going to do her parts. And then every other morning I'm just spending that doing uh, everything else that needs done besides her parts. So like I'll, I'll even sometimes sing in the mornings, but really I, I don't keep any of those vocal takes anyway because it's early and they're not going to sound very good. So right. I usually... Rec- 
evenings at the same times that we do our stuff. But anyway, yeah, it's just been waking up earlier and prioritizing time. I've been, I said I was historically bad at waking up early. I've also been historically bad in my adult life at managing my time. So that's been <laughs> Welcome to the club, brother. Yes. <laughs> um, that's exciting. First, first of all, that's, if you don't mind me asking, how, how old are you, Chandler? I'm 21. Actually, just turned 21 wow. on Saturday. Oh, happy happy, happy late, late, late birthday, birthday, my friend. Yeah, thanks. Uh, 21, and uh, first of all, also congratulations on, on being married and yeah. going into to the whole married thing, and that's about roughly when I got married. I was approximately at that age. And oh, I was a little later than that. So on, <laughs> so on and so forth. But, yeah, you'll definitely learn that sometimes as you venture through your marriage that uh, our plans aren't on our plans no more, no. <laughs> you know, and, and stuff. So, but... Uh, have you have you always wanted to be a worship pastor, or how did you become become that? Yeah, so not always. Um, okay. Ever. So basically, I played uh, I played college basketball, and so I um, just for a year I played college basketball, and I graduated high school early. So my first um, my first thing that I did out of high school, the thing I always wanted to do through my later years of school was go to school, play basketball. So Mm -hmm. that's what I did at first. That's all my mind was kind of set on. And then it wasn't until I stopped doing that because it was just, I couldn't even, I couldn't even articulate how crazy my life was back. (laughs) It was like no time for anything but basketball. And I didn't even have at that point. My schedule was wild. Um, But anyway, so it wasn't until I stopped playing, stopped going to school and realized like I've never had a plan of what I want to do. But I did know I had just started leading worship um, right before I left for college at a bigger church in my area. It's the first time I was introduced to, like, modern church world and having multiple pastors for different departments of ministry and all that. Because um, I, I, I grew up in a church that it wasn't that way. And um, so I didn't even really know that this was an option, to be honest, until my later years of, like, my senior year of high school was the first time I was really even, like, open to that. And uh, so I came back from school. And the worship pastor at that church had offered me an internship before I left. He was like, if you decide you don't want to go to school, let me know. So I ended up, long story short, coming back. I knew, like, I love Elevation Worship. That's, like, my go-to for any music. Absolutely. So writing or listening or whatever, like, stylistically, I always fall back on their style when it comes to, like, how I I try to learn or develop it in a way that they do it. So, like, when I was learning to sing, trying to like really get good at singing, I was modeling guys like Chris Brown on their worship leader and people like that, that I just really respect. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, I really wanted to be a, a local church worship leader, just like elevation worships. People were the things I was seeing from them. And so that's what really kind of drew me into interning and starting that life was just like, I wanted to be like those guys. And I felt really drawn and called to serving the local church. And that was really my biggest passion for a really long time. And I'd still say it is, um, but it wasn't until within like really this year that I started feeling God kind of maybe not necessarily shift that. Cause I don't think it's shift that I still feel really called to, to local church ministry. But I think there's been a shift in a sense of, also feeling a draw and a call to doing stuff outside of the local church when it comes to releasing and recording my own music. Cause I've even been one of those people that always said, I don't want my name on a project. I want to be under like how Elevation Worship does it, where they don't really have any of their worship leaders names on their project. Whereas Mm -hmm. Bethel does elevations more just like Elevation Worship. This is us releasing stuff. It doesn't say who the singer is, whatever. 
that's kind of been like, I would much rather have been in a church worship team releasing music. Like I just told you guys, we're about to start here. Right. So that's a goal of mine at the churches I've been at. But just this year, God's really showing me some things, some, some benefits to doing that kind of artistry thing outside of just church worship things. Because I think there's a, a major win to both. Absolutely. But um, I think for me right now, God's kind of showing me I can reach more people in a bigger spectrum if I'm doing artistry stuff because I write a, I write a lot of music for actually lately have started writing a lot of music for a lot of artists outside of the Christian world as well. Like I'm just literally writing songs either with them or for them and sending them songs. And I'm also producing for artists that are not all, all Christian artists. And so I am getting opportunities, whether it's my own stuff or other people's stuff to, to just to write and record songs that none of them are bad. None of them I would consider like, like I'm not writing any songs that are like profane or anything like that. They're all, they're, they're all appropriate, but it's just, I feel that God's really showing me how much of a reach I can have when I'm writing stuff, whether it's for me or other people that's, that is reaching a large community of people that are then knowing about either thinking out about me or those artists. And then that's bringing them in to hear some of the other stuff I've done or they've done that that is about God. And it's really reaching people in a cool way that I've never experienced before because church worship teams releasing music, it's amazing, especially for other churches like Elevation Worship are reaching churches all over the world. And even then, they have such a large kind of um, they have a large community of people that are probably outside of the church. So they they have a, a little bit of a bigger audience but for like a church like my the church i'm at our size or other churches like french churches of mine or whatever though their reach is pretty pretty strictly for other churches which is great because churches mm -hmm. always music but i think i'm learning especially with my artistry because i'm doing a lot of christian songs that aren't necessarily congregational worship songs at this point which i've never done before like songs that you wouldn't necessarily sing on a sunday morning but you could still listen to Christian radio and hear it and be like, man, that really touched me. Those kind of songs are going to reach more people because you can balance the world in those songs with God and still show people that there is a real kind of conversation that I'm having with God that I don't always have the answers. And so there's just a lot of reach that I'm realizing and have a passion for that I've never had in the past that I, I never even really realized I could have, I guess. And so that's why I'm really kind of feeling this, this draw to doing my own artist work. And I just think that no matter where I end up, I'm not home right now here in Michigan. I'm from Ohio. And so I think like, I think God has us here and I don't know how long that's for, but I just know that no matter where we end up or no matter where I go, I'll always have my personal artistry reach people from in whatever community I'm in. And it can just continue to build and grow to something. I think God could do a lot of cool stuff. So anyway, sorry, I'm kind of rambling on, but I'm just like, I feel <laughs> No, I mean, no, you're fine. You definitely got a passion for it. Definitely, so. I mean, you've you've got yeah. you've got a deep soul. Uh, I can see it and feel it when whenever I I, I talk with you. Um, just you know, I kind of give you my experience. You know, as far as with you, you know, and listening to your music, uh, which we'll dig deeper into the songs a little bit later. But on a personal note, from me listening to it and thinking, one of my first thoughts was was man, this the connection that this person has with Jesus is just unlike no other and then yeah. to sit here and listen to you talk and the things that you say to be 21 years of age uh you know i'm kind of looking at marcus and i'm my, my thought process is like this this 
I don't mean to say kid in terms of when you're 42, 45 years, you're, you're a kid. Anyway, I still call Tyler kid. Um, you know, I'm thinking to myself that he is so grounded yeah. with where he's at and who he is. And what, what's so inspiring about the story, a bit of your story that we've heard so far is, is that it just goes to show that when you let go and let God take control of your life, he opens up paths of where he wants you instead of where you want to be, you know, and you know, your, your goal and desire was, was to go to college, play basketball, do your thing and move on from life there. And as typical, you know, Jesus shuts doors when he wants you in and opening up others. Um, and I think that's really inspiring. One of the things that you were talking about that I really thought was cool was how you're being diverse in what you're wanting to do as far as writing music for other artists that may not be, you know, Christian music. Um, it's another way that God's opening doors for you to be to allow your life to be a witness to others and Absolutely. shine to others, and that's that's inspiring to me. Uh, it's encouraging to for me to know and believe that you know you when when you think of that when you think well I've got a Christian artist writing me music, you're like okay, you know because you, <laughs> yeah. you what, what what do you expect you know what I mean? But right. you're you could be writing rap songs, country songs, this that and the other or whatever that you're writing or, or articulating that's not got the profanity that doesn't have all the negative things in it that yeah. you would typically think of conservative world-based music. Yeah. And I think, so I'm, I'll ask you this question. Um, so in the music world, you got Christian artists writing music for, or beats or whatever you want to call it uh, for non-Christian artists, you know, and we as Christians, we see, Oh, that's great. You're, you're, you can be used as a vessel and blah, blah, blah. But why do you think it is, that when a Christian artist uses a secular sound, us Christians are like, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's funny. I've always kind of wondered that because <laughs> it is weird. Like, it's always just been a question in my mind, and I've never really thought anything about it until I started doing it. And I was like, there's no harm in this. This is not hurting anybody. This is actually, like, I'm realizing it's super beneficial to the kingdom of God because those people... I don't even have to, to say anything about being a Christian. Like most of them know, especially the guys I'm working with now, they already know, or they've already heard some of the stuff I'm doing. Yeah. But like a couple of the guys, like I, I'm working with one guy that I started with before I ever released music, um, or at least the music I released was ever known about. But um, <laughs> I'm like, he never knew anything of what I did. He just knew that I was creating music for him and um, like producing it. And like now there'll just be times where, we'll sit and talk about God and he's doesn't, he's not necessarily an atheist. Like he, I think he, he believes in God. He just has this strong wrestling with, with who God is and, and what God means to him. And so, but it's opened up so many opportunities to ask me questions or to just talk. Mm -hmm. um, and it's been an experience that I could never wish anything more for because I'm getting to witness to him through doing music for him. And like, we have an agreement that anything I do, He's not anything I produce or anything that my name is a part of. He's not going to do anything like it's not going to be trashy or like, you know, profane, <laughs> anything like that. Yeah. Because like we just we kind of we have that. But yeah, I just I think that's a weird balance. And a lot of people get weird perspectives on it because they think that Christians should be this this on this pedestal that like they have to live a certain way. And they have, mm -hmm. which is true in a sense, but also Christians are real people, too. And all, and beyond that, there's also 
another level of ministry that you get when you become a real person to those people, when you become somebody that they can look at and be like, wow, they have their struggles too, but yet they still love God and they still know that God has saved their life. And it's just when you finally become open-minded to that, whether it's making music or really just doing anything, it could be like, I don't know, artwork or anything. I don't even, I don't know. But whenever you're doing something that is just strictly loving people, it opens up a door for an opportunity for ministry that would not be open any other way because I could very easily say I'm only working with Christian artists. I'm only doing stuff for Christian artists. And that would make sense for me because I am a Christian artist. But to me, that's only, like I said, with doing church worship team music versus artistry music, that's only witnessing to a select amount of people, which Mm -hmm. is a great thing. And you need people that do that. But also, why not be somebody that can reach other parts of the world, other communities, other people that aren't necessarily being fed with those things all the time? So, yeah, to me, I guess that probably didn't answer the question like perfectly. But <laughs> no, you're good because I, I mean, I'm I'm a I'm not good friends with KB, but um, I went to college with KB for a year, and uh, okay, and I so I know him a little bit, uh, and he's always said, you know, wow. when I write my music, you know, I write it yes to for Christians, but at the end of the day a Christian doesn't need to hear my message because they already know the message. They need to, I need to reach those that don't know the message. Right. Um, And the way he does that, how he does it, and Mm -hmm. the the words he uses is always going to be different. Um, Whether people agree with that or not, I I think that's awesome, but because it's right. Uh, Just because this person's not a Christian does not mean I can't serve them or help them and lead Mm -hmm. them maybe in in a way, but I think, I I think that's what we're called to do. I mean, oh yeah, you know I think that it's, I think that's our number one calling is to be a witness to all. You know, as we talked about in some of our previous recordings, you know, yeah. it's you know we are not called to witness to Christians. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no. we are called to be an example and an accountability for Christians. Yeah, but we're we're called to witness to those that don't know Christ. Yeah, and man, what an awesome platform you have uh, to do that in. And I think there's nothing wrong with it. In my personal, no. my so personal I, I want to put you on the spot. Do you get more fulfillment out of your own music or being the worship pastor? Dude, that's a tough <laughs> question. Um, I think it's weird. So I think I get more fulfillment musically from my personal music stuff these days. Okay. But I think I get more fulfillment being a pastor or just a leader to people, um, helping someone through their problems, helping somebody that just lost a loved one and talking them through mm-hmm. it, walking them through it, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that probably fulfills me more than anything, which is why I still feel led to be like in the local mm-hmm. church ministry. Um, but I think musically when it's your job, it's hard to make it fulfilling in certain ways. It's just not mm-hmm. quite the same as when you're just worshiping and as a congregation member. So I think the musical side of it, if we're talking strictly leading worship or singing or music or whatever, probably my personal stuff, but when it comes to fulfillment in what I'm doing, probably pastoring, because that that's really what's what's saving people's lives or helping save people's lives. Right. Helping one one thing that I really love, it was from a book that I read, was um, I want to be instead of being like a worship leader, I don't necessarily want to lead lead people to Christ. I want to help them get there through me being a facilitator. So like almost being a worship facilitator, not a worship leader. I want to be somebody they're not going to God because of me. They're going to God. I'm, I'm being a funnel for them to get to God through me. Um, and it's kind of 
when that perspective shifted, the fulfillment started coming in ways that didn't have anything to do with music or me leading or me being the person in the front of the stage because it's not what it's about. And for a long time, to me, it was, and I had to really work through that. And so now I think fulfillment in music, just because it's really fun and it touches a lot of people on a broad spectrum, is artistry. But pastoring people and helping funnel people to God through pastoring them in whatever way that is, is really fulfilling to me in the local church setting. So I guess a little bit of both, but yeah. Cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, well, let's go ahead and dig in here, tell you a little bit more about uh, Mr. Chandler. He's doing our Flow Podcast intro and outro music as well. Uh, (laughs) Introducing, uh, Mr. Chandler will be the voice that you hear when you first... Every episode. Every episode, as soon as you uh, (laughs) push the play button, uh, Chandler, first of all, from myself and Marcus, we want to thank you for that. Yes. Uh, It's your heart and your desire, which has allowed us to want to ask you. So thank you very much for that, my friend. Absolutely. Thank you guys for letting me be part of it. It's been awesome. Absolutely. Um, and then uh, something a little bit exciting for Mr. Chandler right now. He's got yeah, he, uh, got a hit that just hit the radio, hit radio, I believe. Is that correct? <laughs> so I did, yeah. First song I hit the radio. So all right. First song. That's even That's even better. I mean, it's. I tell you what. Yeah. Uh, I'll, let, let's, I'll tell you what. I'll bring up my comments about it here in a minute. Let's, Chandler, go ahead and introduce the name of your song and tell us a little bit about it and and uh, how how you got to the radio and how all that happened yeah. and so on and so forth. Yeah, so the song that, that just hit the radio is called Broken Hallelujah. Uh, it's the first original song that I released. It was um, early last year, like maybe mid-2019. And I started writing it a year before that, sometime mid-2018. And really it was just this idea that like, I was tired of feeling myself and people around me tired of feeling like I had to be something or be a specific way to feel God's presence or to be close with God. And so it was really just like me trying to be real about the fact that like, I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to be any certain place or any certain way for God to meet me where I am. And so just bringing to him my broken cries, my broken hallelujahs and giving those to him and letting him fill in the cracks, letting him kind of be what guides me through life. Because I think I was feeling a lot of shame and doubt and whatever, all those things, which is where the bridge came from. That was, I think the, I know it wasn't the first part I wrote, but that was the first time when I wrote, I think those were the first lyrics that stuck was the bridge lyrics, which are just my sin, my shame, tremble before you, my doubt, my pain, bow down before you. My rock, my strength, Jesus, I surrender. My hope, my faith, Jesus, I surrender. All those things were just like the first thing I wrote for that part because it just, I was so tired of those feelings and um, feeling like those were holding me back from all that had God had for me, which is not true. And so like that broken cry just kind of came out into this song and I recorded it with a friend of mine last year at the church that I was at at the time. We recorded it upstairs in a random random room that was not a real studio at all we had like our <laughs> our, our random uh pocket studio and we recorded it up there and yeah it really it took off like locally where i was at everyone knew of it and everyone at the church loved it and everything but um it wasn't really until just like not too long ago within the last few months that it's really like people around the world are hearing it and loving it and especially in america but around the world really 
That's awesome. I mean, I, I can just tell you personally from me that everything that you just said is a hundred percent true. And, and you <laughs> speak to every person. I'm not going to leave anybody out. Anybody that has came into a relationship with Christ, it's that broken moment that you yeah. come to, to where you hit your knees, your face hits the floor and you're just broken and yeah. you're trying to walk through life just as you said, pleasing anybody and everybody, and you're try- tired of living up to these standards that that everybody expects, and, and you only have one standard that you need to live up to, and that's that's to the relationship with, with our Savior. And and that specific, I mean, brother, that song to me speaks so much volume, and I, I'm excited for you. I'm, I'm, I'm so hyped about this. We've talked, <laughs> we've talked about it before, and you know uh it's it's weird with me on some things and you know with my relationship with god and and what have you when i when i talk to people and i speak to people and and things and and that's why i told you that that god's got big plans for you brother he really does i feel it in my soul i feel it just in my connection and and my prayer life i you know I, i i won't lie the first time i heard your song i immediately i immediately started praying for you and I immediately started praying that God would use that, that 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 your talent, your your spirit, is just unbelievable. And the song "Broken Hallelujah," guys, if if you haven't heard it yet, uh, what ways can they hear it, Chandler? Yeah, so it's I mean it's out on everything wherever you stream music or listen to music. Um, it's Spotify, Apple, Amazon, YouTube, Deezer, whatever it is. Um, <laughs> yeah. And also now there's a few stations. So it's actually kind of crazy. Do you guys, I was going to talk about some of the radio stations that hit. Is that cool to kind of hit next? So I'll just yeah, talk yeah about go it. ahead. Jump into it. Cool. So it's a little bit of a weird situation because, so typically how it works, artists will send, or if you're on a label, labels will send through a distributor all of like the song to like all of the stations across the country or whatever. And then, like, you'll get picked up by a lot of them or whatever if it's a good song, if they want to play it. And for me, I didn't realize that at the time. So this was, like, three <laughs> months. People just, including um, including you, J-Log, just were telling me, like, start sending it to radio stations. So I just randomly sent it to probably five or six stations. Like, that's it. And And kind of just not knowing I would have needed to do this, but I put in all of the graphic material, all of the um, credits, so like songwriters and producers and all that stuff, um, put in all of that, put in the lyrics, put in, and then put in the song. And that was three, four months ago. And then like, just never really even thought about it again, just kind of sent it and let it go, whatever. And then a friend of mine was waited, was came and visited me on my birthday on Saturday and she had heard it last week on the radio and waited to tell me until Saturday because he wanted to surprise me on my birthday that it was on the radio. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. And so now I'm going to send it through the distributor to go to everywhere. But right now it's on five or six stations. And so that's all it's playing on, but it's on the radio. It's really cool. And I'm hoping that other stations will start picking it up now. So uh, there's, there's no doubt in my mind that that'll happen. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean uh, when you told me Sunday that it was on the radio, I, I looked you up on my, my Spotify and I already added it to my playlist because I thought it was pretty cool. So. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 just so encouraging, man. Oh, I yeah. mean, just just the words, the just the song in general. Uh, but yet, when you 
for me, it's a little different. I mean, granted, I, I know of you. I know you just, and I feel like I've known you forever without, without actually meeting you and, and getting to know you on a personal level like that. But yeah. to hear for me, and this is the only encounter, I mean, I don't know any famous artist of whether it be country, Christian, whatever, <laughs> but to, to know and look and be able to say, you know, I've worshiped with this dude on our, our zoom Bible studies. I've talked to him on this telephone when he's, you know, he's currently working with Tyler right now on a song and, yeah. and stuff. And, uh, but to listen to that song and I've listened to some of your other songs too, Chandler and, uh, to say, man, I actually know this. <laughs> I actually know this person. I, I feel like, it, it, it matches up in, in a different way other than just hearing a song on the radio for me. Yeah. Just because I, I know of him and I know who he is and I know mm-hmm. his heart and I know his passion. And, um, well, it's I, just that's, that's kind of how I am with KB. So like, I know KB, I grew up, mm-hmm. not grew up with him, but I went to college with him. So I know his heart. I know kind of where he's come from. Right. And when he, where he is now, I mean, it's just kind of awesome to see, man, where you, where you were and where you are now. It's mm-hmm. just like, God is using you, and it's just yeah. it's humbling to to see. Even though he is famous, he still doesn't see himself as famous. Um, he, I mean, he has a nice house and all that stuff, but <laughs> I mean, um, but it, so with that, um, you know, now you're, not that you're famous or anything like that, but <laughs> how, how do you how do you stay humble when something like this goes? You know, like and happens, dude. Honestly, I think it's because I know that God can take it away anytime he wants to. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah. this is not <laughs> something that I created. Like I've worked really hard to get where I am today when it comes mm-hmm. to music, musical ability, vocal ability, production ability, all those things I've put in the time, but I know it's because God's given me that passion and given me that almost anointing. Like when I'm leading worship, I know it's a special quality that people have to have to do that. And I know that it's something God's given me. That's not to my credit at all. And so like, sure i could credit myself for all the hours i've put in working on those things and that is like that deserves to anyone out there doing that absolutely deserves credit but ultimately god gave you that passion and um mental like ability to be able to really do the things we're doing and i think that goes for anyone so i just i just know personally like i don't ever want to get to the point where it becomes about me or that i get cocky or arrogant because i'm doing this thing because i know that if that becomes the case god well, not, I won't. I won't have the platform that I have because God will give it to somebody that can handle it. And so, like, that's I think what keeps me humble is just knowing, like, this is not because of me. This is not about me. No matter what projects my name is on or what where my name goes, big or small, whatever, it's not at all about me. So that's just the mindset I try to to have at all times. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's definitely awesome. That's yeah. a, and you know we're talking about a we're talking about a twenty one year old saying these things. Yeah, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's. I mean, I, he's ten years younger than I am, exactly. Yeah. And at ten, 10 years ago, I don't think I could have said that I, with those I, words. Yeah. No. Just to well, kind of. I would hope and think that I was growing up a little bit because at that point is when Tyler was born. <laughs> so, so I was growing up just a little bit. But from the standpoint, definitely in my faith and and the ability to be that humble and that guided by, yeah. you know, by his faith. Uh, you know, the first words that he said, you know, was it can be taken away, and yeah. that's very true. Yep. So, so um, like, let's say 10 years from now, now you've got 17,000 songs on the radio, blah, blah, blah. You're, you're famous. Do you see yourself ever 
maybe leaving the church and pursuing your music or do you see yourself more like a casting crowns where you'll serve the church but have a music on the side type thing yeah that's a good question that i honestly don't really know the answer to yeah. i've actually been asked a lot lately but <laughs> i think i could see myself doing full-time music outside <laughs> of the church but i think no matter what i want to at least be a volunteer on a worship team at a church where I'm at because I do know the importance of that. I know the importance of importance of having faithful people on the stage who are living the right way and all those things. Um, and there's, yeah, there's a special place in my heart. I think that there will always be for the church and whether or not I'm always on staff at a church, I don't know, but I could definitely see myself becoming full like becoming a full-time musician and doing artistry but I could also very easily see myself staying in the church. So I guess it's honestly what, however God works it out. Yeah. I do. Um, I do have a very, a very strong sense that God brought my wife and I together for a reason. And there's like a long story behind that, but basically there was just, there was a lot of kind of logistical things getting in the way of her and I being together and God very clearly and almost too easily worked it out for us. I mean, it didn't feel easy to us at the time, but looking yeah. back, it was, that could have been way worse. But um, <laughs> but we definitely have this like this sense that God brought us together for a reason, for multiple reasons, but one of those being music. So like all of our worship songs that we're going to do congregational worship songs together. So like how a lot of the Bethel artists do couple of things, that's kind of the route that we're going to go with our our music that we think can fit congregations is going to be like Broken Hallelujah would be one of those songs that you could sing at a church and it would work. Yeah. And my kind of personal Chandler Lettner stuff is going to be a little bit more on the indie side of things or like just a little bit more like maybe even some Christian artists. I don't know exactly yet, mm-hmm. but, it, but all that to say, I think her and I know right now that we will have some sort of personal artistry music outside of the church forever. Once yeah. that gets really, and so depending on where that goes who knows where i and we will end up but i think ultimately we will always be in a church serving in some capacity whether or not it's on staff or or i don't know but yeah i i was so i have a friend uh actually he's my best friend he lives in tampa um he uh he's a worship leader at his church uh has a record label of his uh, independent record label that he his goal is to always help those that are maybe can't afford, you know, studio time and things like that. So he kind of uses it as a ministry. Um, and I've always joked that like he could become famous if he wanted to. Um, but he's like, God hasn't just put that on his heart. And so I always joke with him like, dude, like you're good. Stop, stop wasting your time. And, but, um, you know, I say that, but with what you, you said kind of goes back to what you were saying of, you know, being humble of, I don't have to be the one that's, you know, in the center of the spotlight on the church uh, setting. Yeah, I might be on stage, but I'm not the sole person. So I think that's that's just, again, is a reflection mm-hmm. of your heart and, you know, what God has done in your life. Right. Just a side question here, and something I've always wondered, just kind of getting caught up in the, whenever I'm out in the congregation and, you know, worship is my thing, that honestly, if we could go to church and just do a hour, hour and a half worth of worship, I mean, I'm down. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't get me wrong. I love the word. I love, yeah. I love, I love my pastor. I love being preached and, and teach and taught and all that kind of good stuff. But as a worship leader yourself, Chandler, when you're up there and, and you're doing your thing and your team and your crew and everybody's up there doing their thing, I've always wondered what are some of your thoughts that you have as a worship leader when you're looking out into the congregation and you just see 
hopefully the masses of people just lost in the spirit. What what, what do you yeah. think about sometimes when you see that? Well, dude, so it's it's really hard sometimes being on staff or even really just a volunteer on the stage in general in a worship in a church worship setting because there's so much behind the scenes that goes into it when it comes to the preparation work, the rehearsals, the audio, the visual, like all the lights, all everything. And so it's really easy to let that stuff catch up to you and make it about the technical side of what's going on. But I think the goal that I always try to have, which I don't always do a great job of, but the one thing I'm always trying to do is anytime from Monday to Saturday, letting all those, working out all those things, and even Sunday morning, working out those things and thinking about those things, because I overthink those things, being like, on staff i'm always thinking about those little things that could go wrong or trying to just think about how to keep those from happening but when it comes to the moment service starts and worship starts i try to let that be the first moment where those songs i'm not singing those in a technical place or in a like practicing my vote different vocal skills or whatever it is figuring out how i'm going to sing it practicing different ways because those things all take place throughout the week but as soon as that moment hits i always try to make it real, make it genuine, make it me and God, me and the people, helping the people get to God, facilitating, like I was telling you guys earlier. Right. And then mm-hmm. I think the thing going through my mind is really just like, you can tell when something's working and something's not based on the people's response. Like there are certain <laughs> songs right. that we do, like, wow, that didn't work. We're never doing that again. Like that was just like <laughs> different communities and different cultures connect to different songs and different things. Mm-hmm. And I've been in three different churches now, and um, I'm realizing that things don't work everywhere, that's for sure. So, (laughs) honestly, it's just reading, trying to have a genuine connection with God, trying to really let it be real, while also reading the crowd, reading what, like, where God's kind of taking us next. And that's something that I've really tried to tried to figure out is like how to be led by God, even when you have a planned or prepared service, because I've been at multiple churches now where you plan out everything. Every part of the service is very detailed planned, but we always try to leave room for God to move in some way. And so I think really just honestly, when I look out in the crowd and I see like hands raised and people singing or crying or whatever, it, that's when it really begins to feel real to me in a like in a really cool way is when like when I see somebody crying over the lyrics that we're singing whatever it is um, because that's the situation they're in right now or I see hands in the air and people are just super engaged that makes me want to engage even more mm. and so when I'm on the stage I'm trying to think about that in reverse I'm trying to think how do I help these people feel comfortable and so for me, that is showing them that I'm not afraid to worship God, that I'm not afraid to lift my hands or to say mm. or do something that is a real gesture to God, a posture of worship that I want to be in and want them to be in and feel okay being in, feel comfortable being in, even though there's a bunch of people around or whatever. So I think ultimately what's going through my mind is just, I want this to be real between me and God, and I want to help these people make it real between them and God. And so however I can figure out how to do that that day is really what I'm trying to do. And ultimately, I think that turns into just worshiping, freely worshiping, moving, engaging with the crowd, and not being afraid to tell them to do the same. Because when you're on the stage, you get this like authority that people normally don't have that you can just be like, man, let's lift our hands now, whatever it is. But yeah, so those kind of things. But ultimately, just trying to really make it real for people. Well, I mean, you can, you can definitely see it. Um, church name again is what? Port City? 
Port City Church. Port City yeah. Church. Yeah, I've I've watched a couple of uh, Sunday mornings the past couple of Sundays, and and uh, some of the other ones, and you you can see it, you can feel it, uh, definitely. I mean, I you, you're definitely you can feel the spirit moving. Uh, we're and you're in Muskegon, right? Muskegon. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. I know where you're at. Uh, being in transportation, say, so of course you do. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> anyway, so I definitely know where you're at there. Uh, again, let's give a shout out to Port City uh, yeah. in Muskegon. In Muskegon, right? That's where y'all's campus. You have yep. two two campuses, yep. correct? We do. One's in um, Fruitport, which is our Cloverville campus, and then one's in McGrath, which is my camp, the campus I'm at. Okay. In Muskegon. All right. Good deal. So if you're ever up in the Muskegon area and looking for a, a body to join, uh, look up Port City, and I can yep. guarantee you're going to be blessed with the worship. Uh, that that is definitely for sure. Uh, <laughs> so as we're moving in towards the the tail end of the uh, interview the interview here with yeah. Mr. Chandler, uh, I believe we had a few uh, questions questions and things. Do you have anything before we go there? Sure. Uh, we'll, well, I'll ask this one question and then we'll go to our que- our questions from social media. Um, so as a wor- worship leader and uh, as a uh, as a pastor, I know no, no, nothing always goes right uh, on Sunday mornings. Um, yeah. What What is one thing that you can think back in your years of being a worship leader where you kind of just look back, nothing went right, but you can just like it was just kind of funny. Cause, and the reason I ask that is I follow um, a, a podcast called uh, Worship, Worship Leader Problems. And they always oh, yeah. uh, they always talk about, you know, funny things that have happened. Do you have any stories like that? Well, so my first church, I was the youth worship leader and I had, we had like a bunch of young people around, like on the stage and in the booth, everything. And we played this game called, um, I don't even remember what the game was called, but it was basically where the, a song played for like two seconds and pe- the kids had to guess what song it was. The worship set was at the end of the service. And so we had my laptop hooked up because we were playing Spotify through that, through the system for those songs so that people could guess so then we got up there to do the worship after the message so this is like 30 minutes later whatever from that game and i put in my ears to uh my in-ears to get get ready for the worship set and the songs are still playing and there's a drake song in my ears (laughs) and so it's like it's like heavy heavy snare hits and stuff that's just like super rhythmic and not the rhythm i'm trying to play and i cannot get the production guy's attention and so i the whole worship set i have drake or something going in my ears the whole time and i'm trying to just focus on worship focus on leading people and focus on singing it right the right words (laughs) and the right playing the right thing and everything wow i've got other songs happening in my ears so that was Wild. That's tough. that's wild. That's funny though. That's good. That is funny. <laughs> so that yeah, so funny. we got a few questions from social media. So let's um, uh, let's so bring we... in our social media expert, Mr. T Log. That's and, me. And uh, bring in Tyler. Tyler, you want to T L O G? What's good, boy? Hey, buddy. I love you, brother. Love you, man. Can you hear him? I can't hear him. You can't hear him. No, that's okay though. All right, he said he loves you too. Go ahead with the first question from social media, Mr. Tyler. All right, let's go take a look here. So, Chandler, these these questions are for for you, um, and we'll go ahead and let you just answer them freely. So, our first question here is from Annika, and she says, "What does honoring God look like in your daily walk with Jesus?" Oh man, that's a good question. Um, I think for me, intentionality is as is the one thing I would say to everybody. And I say that because basically, long story short, it's super easy as even as Christians or non-Christians 
it's really easy to not understand what's going on around you, to not see, feel, or hear God, to not really know what he's trying to do. But I think no matter what's happening, no matter how much we don't feel or see or hear or understand what's going on, if we still are intentional about reading the word, about praying, about seeking him, even when we don't feel it ourselves, even when it's not, because I think a lot of people, they get, they get obsessed with this idea that if I don't feel God, I'm doing something wrong. And I, that is not at all the case. And I've relearned that as I've, as I've walked with God, that I don't, I'm not always going to feel it. It's just like a relationship, a personal relation, a worldly relationship, like with my wife. It's not, that I feel this crazy love every single day for her, but it's about being intentional to still love her even when I don't feel it because love is not a feeling, it's a choice. And mm-hmm. so 21. I think choosing uh, intentional about God is, is a way to truly serve him. And I think that that's my answer to that question is just being intentional no matter what you feel or see or can't understand. Awesome. All right. Second question. Second question, Helen. All right, second question in is from Chancey Hall, and I think he's asked about five hey. questions, but we're going to go ahead and go through them here. Um, first question from Chancey says, what started the process of the song? And I'm sure he's talking about Broken Hallelujah here. Uh-huh. Started the process of the song. I kind of touched on it earlier, but basically I was just wrestling the feelings of feeling bad for being broken, feeling bad for the place I was in, feeling bad for feeling shameful and doubtful and not understanding what God was doing. This was right in the season of trying to figure out if I wanted to do ministry or where I was going next after, um, after leaving like college and everything. So that's really what sparked it was just like wrestling with the idea that I don't have to feel bad for the place I'm in right now because God accepts me no matter where I am. God accepts the broken in whatever state of mind we're in. He accepts us just as we are. We don't have to be something that we're not in that moment. So that's really what sparked the song for me. Awesome. That's awesome. All right. Next question from Chansey says, did you ever find a time where you got stuck writing the song? And I'm curious to know this one because as a songwriter myself, I definitely hit writer's block at plenty of times. So yeah, dude. So I actually completely rewrote this song, different song than when it started. Um, I wrote it. I have an audio recording still on my phone from like September, 2018. And it was literally a completely different song. Like everything changed about it, including even and the bridge I wrote later on, but I had the verses in the chorus and thought it was done and then reworked it completely. Like it was different melodies, different chords, different everything. And so they're definitely there definitely comes a spot where you get stuck, but I think as a songwriter, it's really about being okay with changing things, not getting stuck on this one idea because it would have been a good song if I would have left it where it was, but it would not be the broken Hallelujah we know today. Like it wouldn't be a great song. It would be a good song that I could sing at church and be okay, but it wouldn't touch people like this one does. So I think that's a songwriter tip for anyone out there is just be okay with changing something, whether it's moving a part to a different part, of course a verse or whatever or also just forgetting what you had and rewriting something whatever so basically the only thing i kept was the idea of from stage one like the end stage so i'm going to add a question to that so do you ever feel like when you're writing the song how do you know when a song is completed like, it's never completed. okay there's always to do that it would 
that you there's always something you could change there's always something you yeah. could adjust but i think you just have to be you have to get it to a point where you know every part is better than good it's like yeah i don't know i've never really answered that because it's always a question in my mind like it's or it's always a thought it's just like there's always something else i could do there's always something else i could do to the songwriting there's always something else i could do to the production there's always something else i could do in whatever way but it's just a matter of like does this feel finished does it feel like if i heard this right now would it sound complete and i think when it completed that makes it finished i guess i don't know that's a good question (laughs) yeah no the reason i asked that is i have a friend who was a painter and but he has no paintings of his in his house and the reason is is he would as he would sit there and look at it he would always think i need to do this to it and it was never completed so that's why i asked okay that's cool all right uh last question last question before we go to that personally um i just want to say i I definitely feel you on that and i've definitely found myself many of times where i'll write i'll i'll get stuck writing a song and i'll go lay in bed for like 30 minutes and then come back and i'll just finish the rest of the song right there and i'll be like i literally just needed a mental break like just yeah to let let it come to me because all the stuff that I write, of course, is is faith driven, and in terms of whether it's finished or not, um, like I've literally had a song before where I've I've had a stopping point, and I was like, okay, that's the end. There was still a little bit of beat left to go, but I was like, no, that's that's done. That's it. The song is done. And so I went <laughs> yeah. and recorded it, and in that last little portion where it was still running, I would just talk or I'd give a message. Oh, and I'd be like, the the, the song's done. But okay, so. Uh, the last question from Chancey says, did you ever think the song would be the symbol for hope like it is now? I mean, that was kind of the hope in writing it, but I can't necessarily say I ever could have imagined where it's gone or what it's doing so far. Like when I was writing it, especially like when I, how I told you guys, I, I changed everything. When I first started, there's no way I could have imagined it being a radio song. But like, um, I think that's just a testament to who God is like, it's been used. I had I had a good feeling about it when I finished it that it would be a good song for my church, a good song for my community, and a good song for myself that I like that I could say that I've written or whatever. But I never could have imagined it becoming the hope it is for so many people. I get probably twenty five plus messages on on social media every single day from a new person just talking about how much they love the song and how much it's touching them, getting them through a situation, getting them through whatever it is. So I guess that was the hope to answer the question. That was the hope for it, but I could have never imagined it going to where it is right now. You know, I just, that's just a testament to of how we always see that God's when God reveals to us that his plans are bigger than ours yeah. and his intentions are bigger than ours. And, you know, just the fact that you, you changed it a, t- a time or two and it is what it is now for a reason. And I, and I love it. I love when God does that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, before we kind of sign off and call it a day, um, for those that are listening that maybe are trying to get into music or are starting to write music or whatever, what, what would you say to them to kind of encourage them? Don't give up because if you knew where I started, then you would feel really encouraged right now. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's so much that goes into it, and it's a never-ending process of what you can learn and how much you can know and how much you can do. But it's really just a matter of how much you put into it, time and energy and effort, 
how much you're able to put in. And then beyond that, like just if it's something you really want to take seriously on a like professional level, spend time doing it. If it's songwriting, write every single day. Don't, whether it's five minutes or five hours, write every single day. And if it's production or, or uh, singing or whatever it is, just put the time in because I started as a really bad songwriter, a really bad vocalist, an okay guitar player, and knew nothing about production. And I now play like almost every instrument on a lot of my records. Um, I think like my vocal skills gone way past where it ever was before. And my production knowledge through putting in time and energy and effort every single day for over a year, um, it's just like got me to where I am now. But it just takes dedicating time and doing things like waking up two hours earlier than you normally would, like I'm doing right now, mm -hmm. just to make the time for it. So it's just a matter of how much you want it. And if you really do, then make it a priority in your life, especially if you're a young aspiring musician and you have the time, you're not married or even don't have kids yet or whatever it is just like really make it a priority right now while you can and run don't don't give up you you will probably you're probably better than i was at one point i promise you that <laughs> mm, great stuff awesome so um where can they our listeners find you on social media so chandler letner music is my social media on everything um just chandler letner music and then Spotify, I'm on there as Chandler, and Spotify, Apple, everything. Um, Chandler Letner, and soon to be Chandler and Maria Letner will be our a lot of our new worship stuff coming out too. I'll have two artist pages, so that'll it'll be a little bit different genres, but or similar genres, but you know, but I mean, just right. different stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Good. Awesome. Good deal. Well, Chandler, it's been a pleasure, my friend. Uh, again, with your schedule being what it is, and. Uh, things blowing up kind of like they what they are for you. I thank you so much uh, on behalf of me and Marcus and Flow Podcast and uh, Three in One Ministries merchandise. We thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to uh, be a part of it. Uh, we are so excited to wait. Can't wait to see what God has in store for you. Uh, you've been a blessing to me and my family specifically, and uh, definitely love you, brother. Yep. Man, thank you so much for having me, dude. This is. This is an honor to be part of it. It's a blessing just to get to talk to you guys there. So, man, I appreciate you guys more than you know. Thank you so much. So, well, And then for those that are listening, we appreciate you joining us uh, this week. Uh, I've been Marcus. I'm J-Log. Peace out. Thanks for listening. Make sure to check out flowpodcast.org to send in your questions or topics and get your official Flow merch. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok to get your faith life and off-the-wall fix during the week. Till next time and remember to go with the flow.